written in these walls are the stories that I can't explain. I leave my heart open, but it stays right here empty for days. She told me in the morning she don't feel the same about us in her bones. Seems to me that when I die, these words will be written on my stone. And I'll be gone, gone tonight. The ground beneath my feet is open wide. The way that I've been holding on too tight, with nothing in between. The story of my life, I take her home, I drive all night. Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. You can find us on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Bernal. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Joshua. I am. I'm beat. I am. <laughs> I am beat. We had an exhausting weekend, but it was fun. <laughs> so yesterday... Uh, we we had Jennifer's friend had a Kentucky Derby party, Kentucky Derby party, which I did not know that the Kentucky Derby was one race. So literally, you put get all dressed up and you go to a party and it's all nice and there's booze and you're having a great time and you're talking to, to these two uh, middle school teachers from West Hollywood, and then they're like, "The race is beginning," and you go, "Yay!" That's it. That's two minutes later, y'all go. I, oh, I lost. Okay, that's it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. I, so I lost, and that's. And we, are we leaving now? <laughs> no, we're not leaving now. Well, no. I mean, there are <laughs> other races throughout the day. I mean, at yes. at Churchill Downs, there will be other races that day. However, this was like this particular race is slated as the was the 140th running of the Kentucky Derby. So. Yeah, it, it was like it was like watching a Mike Tyson fight in the 80s where like you'd pay the pay-per-view and yeah. then he would punch the guy once and he'd fall over and you'd be like, I paid for that? What was yeah, that about? Right? Uh, talk about dating myself on that reference. Uh, but the funny part is that I got all dressed up. I, I put on my shirt because it's a Kentucky, uh, Kentucky Derby party. I put on uh, my nice dress hat. shoes and, and my shirt, my bow tie. And my sport coat. His white linen sport coat. And I'm like, I'm ready to go. And Jennifer says, we don't have to leave for two hours. And I apparently had the three hours. And I had the time all wrong. So I'm like, crap. But it kind of took me a while to get that bow tie right. So I didn't want to undo it. It's not like a tie where you can just loosen it. Like with a bow tie, once it's on, it's on. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to leave the bow tie on. And I'm going to go work in the wood shop and build some shelves. So Jennifer comes out to the wood shop. And there's me with my bow tie. And my shirt and an apron on, and I'm like making shelves like Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, I'm like what's going on? It was <laughs> in really, my bow tie. Really adorable. Like seriously, he would have had his shop right next to the candle stick maker and the the cobbler. Yeah, like <laughs> it was that type of old timey shoppy. It was weird. Uh, but and then we went to because my brother was in town, and we went to my parents' house. Which, if you ever visit my parents, uh, <sighs> it consists of nothing but. Eating and drinking and drinking until and drinking. You pass out. So you know, pretty much. Yeah. Check time. your liver at the door. Yeah, you check your liver at the door. And, and just in ca- and just in case you think it's because I have a lot of brothers, no, the one who goes to bed last is my dad. 
And he just sits there and goes, what are you doing? What are you, 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 you whipping out? Whipping out on me here? We're still going. I got more cigars. Where, where are you going? There's more wood. It's exhausting. So it was fun, though. We had a great time. It's just, And then today we didn't have anything, which was so odd for us. Like, yeah. I mean, this podcast, of course. But other than that, we had no other time commitments and our timed commitments and it was just kind of nice. <laughs> no, no ascot. No ascot. <laughs> We've given up on the ascot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ed, how how are things where you are? I've uh, just been working a lot. Like I, I don't know. I was yesterday was prom, so there was like lots of lots of drive throughing that was being done. Oh, because you oh, were you at, the second job. That's because right. you're at McDonald's, your your other job. Yeah, I, I like how. One of my managers like, oh, you've been here for like three weeks, right? I'm like, no, this it's been. I know it seems that way because yeah. you left me in charge of everything for an hour and a half, <laughs> uh, and I and it was okay. But I've actually only been here for a week. But your <laughs> money, like you, you, your money at that job, like yeah, you're, you're a royalty. Rock star. I oh, pretty much. I mean, they did start me off at a uh, pretty significantly more than they start off other people. So I guess yeah. that is. Apparently, apparently my my commitment was worth it. <laughs> you should be a well, franchisee. Like we should. That actually. <laughs> you should totally hmm. become a McDonald's franchisee. You could you could be you could be the man. Yeah, we're meeting McDonald's. our accountant next week. Maybe we'll look in some investment <laughs> opportunities. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to know. Good to Ed, you're gonna run our franchise. <laughs> there you go. Sweet, sweet and sour sauce. Okay, let's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's um. Uh, so yes, we are here to discuss the episode, the backup plan, and uh, this is the latest episode of Glee. We'll go around the group as we usually do and discuss the backup plan. Jennifer, what did you think of the episode? Um, I thought it was okay. There were, you know, there were lots of things happening, um, lots of storylines advancing, but just nothing that impressed me. Oh, so much. <laughs> I thought it was okay. I'll give it a B minus. And I'm sorry if everybody loved it, but I was kind of like, meh. Uh, Ed, the backup plan. B plus plus is my score. It was so good. It's like, oh God, this episode is it, it's developing things so well. It's proving that Rachel has some flaws in her plan, and it kind of worked out. And then, and like, and then after she wasn't fired, it's like, oh good. I don't actually want her to be fired. But what was too much, what prevented me from giving this the A- minus that I thought it deserved was she got, like, oh, a development deal. I'm like, really? Really? They kicked, it, like, everyone else in life was, like, two, two <laughs> step forward, uh, one step forward, two step back. But for Rachel, it's half step back, three steps forward. I'm like, right? ah, Rachel. Yeah, that's yeah, why Rachel, I dropped it to a low She ended up me. getting a, revo- uh, uh, a reward for her bad behavior. And I, and I wish the... Uh, the um the song selection was a little bit stronger it could it was the songs were fine i know and i thought it was a good mix of modern and classic but i wish there was like maybe like one big closing number and or and or a saint hannah doing a funny girl song missed opportunity yeah yeah uh I would for me this episode was a B minus at best. Uh, I did I had all of the same problems that you both had with it, uh, but I guess I found them more glaring. Uh, to me, Rachel's character did this weird big step back, which I found very annoying. Uh, the Kurt uh, 
uh, Blaine plotline wasn't resolved at all. The episode kind of ended, and I was and I forgot about it until a couple minutes ago. I went, "Oh my gosh, they didn't even resolve that." Well, and, they didn't resolve it because they're setting it up for the future. Yeah, but there was not not even in the context of this particular episode did they really do anything with it. Uh, and then, yeah, and, and the whole Santana Mercedes thing, I just found so unrealistic. I couldn't even. I couldn't wrap my head around any of the intentions going on. So, uh, yeah, for me, this was a B minus episode. I, it, it fell into the B category just because at the end of the day, it all kind of, kind of hang to hung together. Like for all of its faults, it still worked more or less. Like I've seen episodes that were worse, but I, I yeah, this, this one didn't bring me a whole heck of a lot of joy. See, I, I, I don't, I don't think it was the, like, I felt like everything felt real and motivated and i was glad to see some kurt blaine like discussion about their relationship mm-hmm. for the good and bad i really all i want the characters to do is like to think about this their their situation in their life when i feel like so much of their relationship has been like oh let's just jump for it now yeah. now they have time to discuss reflect and that's all i really want out of them so i'm not i don't know i i really like this episode and that's that's good, I guess, because we can't all agree all the time. I, yeah, it's funny uh, to a certain extent. Like to finish what you had just said, so much of Kurt and Blaine's relationship is born out of being the only other gay man they know, <laughs> and then like, oh look, now they know other ones. But for a long time, no, it's just them. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the progressions in this episode. We did get uh, a couple songs from Rachel, the first one, or from Leah Michelle. The first one was "Wake Me Up," a very kind of dour, slow. I don't know what the word is. Uh, is cover the, like, melancholy this is like the acoustic <laughs> version released by Aloe Black on his solo record. Okay, the acoustic version is released by Aloe Black. Uh, this is Leah Michelle doing "Wake Me Up" on the Gleeful Podcast. That's Wake Me Up uh, by Lee Michelle. It was funny on Sound Opinions, which is this podcast I adore out of Chicago. Uh, if you like podcasts about modern music and really obscure old music you may not have heard of, uh, it's awesome. But uh, uh, they interviewed Giorgio Moroder, who was kind of created disco, was really like the godfather of all modern EDM. And uh, they said, what do you think of modern EDM? And he goes, I don't like that wake up song. It's just a country song with a backbeat. And I think, thank you. 
I've always said that about this song. It's just a country song with a backbeat. Yeah, I never, I, I wouldn't have categorized it as anything other than country pop. Yeah, it, it just happens to be by a bunch of very, you know, EDM type performers. Uh, but yeah, so wake me up. Uh, Ed, what did you think of this particular version of the song? I really, I liked the version of the song. I liked the idea, like when she was doing the makeup. And she was like, oh, she's going through the shows and the flowers were dying. I'm like, oh, this is a really good sequence. And then the sequence continued on for 120 more seconds. I was like, it really did. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was a good idea. And then the sequence just kept going. <laughs> and, and the issue with the sequence kind of, for me, this is my whole issue with the uh, Rachel storyline. She's apparently been doing the role for three weeks. They say that she's done 46 performances, uh, which actually comes out to like six weeks. I did the math in my head. Well, maybe account about- previews. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you would have count previews. Uh, so, yeah. And she's already apparently tired of it. Like, she's already doing this song about how lame it is uh, and how tired of the role she is. Uh, she ends up getting an audition for a TV show in Los Angeles, and she makes You know, I would watch Songs of Solomon. I just want to say that. <laughs> Straight up. I would, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, with Grey's Anatomy Elements? Yeah. Sign me up. I was so Stop. funny because I'm like, that show would never get picked up on primetime. Like, hard sci fi is never on primetime anymore. Uh, but it is. It, it was kind of, to me, this felt, it was a really frustrating backstep with Rachel's character because it, her whole trajectory for all these years has been Broadway, 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 Broadway. She finally gets Broadway and a week later, a week, like, or even in her time, three weeks, she's, <laughs> she's done the show for three weeks and she's already talking about moving on. And, and it, it was just really well, it just frustrating. Goes, it just goes to show you that when happily ever after is never that happy. Uh, that is, I don't even know what that means. Wow. It's, <laughs> it's like it's like the the quote was a oh god, I can't remember who said it. But you know, the two greatest tragedies in li- tragedies in life are one never achieving your life's goal and two achieving your life's goal. <laughs> okay. So there is kind of that you know bittersweet moment to me. And but the thing is, it's like. Okay, I get it. You know, she's done the show for, we'll just round it up to a month. She's, <laughs> a month. <laughs> we'll round up to a month. She, you know, is now getting exposure and talent agency is interested in her. And, like, I think if she hadn't been, you know, given the opportunity to say, hey, you know, what would you like to do? You know, if she was just doing it and doing it and doing it, I think she would have been okay. But it was like, oh, wait, you know, people are noticing me. You know, where do they want, where did you know, where should my career go? And she's like, well, you know, TV and movies would be great. And then he, you know, basically shoots that down. So now I, well, I, I think that, like was, that just I, hurt her mentally. I was going to agree with Jen. Like, I think the bigger motivating factor here wasn't so much the amount of time. I'm sure Rachel would have been happy to do it for a year even. But it's like, it, it was that she was told, you can't do television yeah. and film. You can't do that. And that was that. like, oh God, yeah, I can. What are you talking about? <laughs> you don't know anything yeah, so I mean, like, I kind of, I kind of get that, but yeah, the fact that she would take such, um, you know, risks in pursuing these opportunities, yeah. when yeah, she's yeah, she's not showing any like real commitment to her work. It, I mean, it 
I kept waiting for somebody to name check Madame Thibodeau in this mm-hmm. sequence because it's pretty much exactly what I felt the Madame Thibodeau uh, scene a couple weeks ago was setting up. Mm-hmm. And yet here we are kind of getting the culmination of that and she's not even brought up. That would, I, be, I mean, that would be in a world where we punish Rachel. Right. But well, Kurt did yeah, say everything we were thinking too. That's true. That uh, is very true. He said spot on, word for word, what? You know, we were saying to each other, like, this is crazy. It's only been three weeks. Uh, uh, yeah, to me, it's just, it was really defeating. I mean, it, it's hard. Like, uh, it's, it, it, I want to pull for this character. Like, I want to pull for Rachel, but it, this wasn't even, uh, I don't know. I, I felt really kind of betrayed in a way. Like, if yeah. this is my friend, I would feel incredibly betrayed by those actions that, you know, she has she has worked this hard and achieved this thing and we're all supporting her because she's kind of crazy. And then as soon as she gets it, she just bounces off to another place. Yeah. Like, I found that really, that, that that was a really lame thing to do, in my opinion. Yeah, and then the fact that she... Okay, fine. I would have been I would have been okay if, you know, it ended with it was a bad audition. She she screwed up. She had her friends cover for her. She didn't get fired even though they wanted to fire her. You know, that should have been it. But then to reward her on top of that. It was yeah. like, come on. And what world? Yeah, yeah, that that's why it wasn't it, it was too storybook. I'm like, yeah. like this was this is on the way of finally being like a lesson learned for yeah. Rachel, and then she's like, "Just kidding, I'm fine, I'm perfect, yeah, I'm flawless." Yeah, you, you find you're gonna have to make some sacrifices to be as successful as you want to be. One of those sacrifices being you won't be able to take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way. Oh wait, no, we're gonna send a writer to New York, and she's to gonna you work develop. with you to develop your show for after you. your disastrous audition too. I really didn't understand where the logic was in that. Like right now, Adina Menzel is watching this plot line and going that is bullshit <laughs> i mean it's just it's so absurd yeah uh, yeah i found it very it, it was a tough one uh the best thing about this plot line was of course uh academy award winner jim rash oh he's so uh, good how great was jim rash in that part the way jim rash talks in her dressing room when he first shows up in her dressing room and he's kind of going on his like uh, yeah, you know, we we want to have you read. We won't be able to have you read with uh, the main actor who's going to be playing Solomon because he's doing a movie. I told him not to do it. It's going to be total crap, but I'm not his agent. And that sounds about right. Like, that is the way... <laughs> That, that there is a whole culture in Los Angeles where you're constantly getting the person is telling you uh, the facts and their opinion in real time. Like it's it's facts and commentary in real time. It's, it's exhausting. really fascinating. <laughs> uh, at, and then at the very end, like you're really just all you're supposed to do in those situations is wait for your turn to talk. Like, like he and he doesn't really even care what you say, as as proven as he didn't even let her answer. He's yeah. just I'm out. Like yeah. you're just supposed to sit there and listen and understand that this dude is so powerful. He's allowed to behave like this. Yeah. But Jim Rash was great. That audition where she performed the rose was pretty interesting. What did you think about that one? Yeah, I thought it was okay. I just and it was you know it was pretty obvious what was happening early on the fact that you know she finished the whole thing it was just i thought it was okay i just it was an interesting song choice like i to perform the rose yeah well that was the thing i mean the music this week i felt was good it was just all very comfortable and Hmm. 
you know. They were all very Glee songs. Like, there weren't really any surprises yeah, in but the lineup. Like, like Ed said, there was no showstopper. There was nothing that, like, yeah. really got you going. And so, yeah. It to okay. me, uh, yeah, every song in this episode to me kind of felt like a comma on the way to the end of a sentence. Like, none, they didn't, none of these songs really developed the plot in any way. It was just kind of Rachel said, I'm depressed. I'm going to sing about it. And, uh, you know, I, I've got an audition. I'm going to sing the audition. Like, it wasn't, they didn't really further things along too much. Um, and, Ed, you liked the plot of Song of Solomon, apparently? Uh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I was like, you know, what's funny is I almost, not exactly, but I was maybe working on writing a script for a show that was, like, futuristic Seattle where they make spacecrafts with Grey's Anatomy elements. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> and it was going to be called like Settle and it was going to have like and the the opening sequence was just going to be grinding beans. That's what I, that's what I that's what I had so far. So pretty yeah, much I, I do like that what was it? It was Game of Thrones meets it was like Star Wars meets Game of Thrones, I think is what how they or Star Trek meets Game of Thrones. With a bunch no, of crazy no, 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 it was uh, Galaxies, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy meets Games of Thrones uh, with Grey's Anatomy elements Grey's thrown Anatomy in. Elements. And that's where they all looked at each other and they were like, that's my favorite part. <laughs> that's what I like. <laughs> it, it, it was pretty silly. I yeah. mean, the whole the whole audition sequence was, was comical. I will give them that. Now... Then we, she was unable to make it back in time because there was traffic. Uh, oh yeah, I was like, I was gonna ask you, how realistic if you're if you're in L.A. at whatever time, let's say it's noon, can you make it to New York by by seven p.m.? Well, no, so she, even, so she said her flight was at ten, ten a.m. and that would work. But you nobody could catch has a six-hour flight. Nobody has a, a, a production meeting or like a casting meeting at eight. Or nine in you the morning. You might. I mean, if she's a big enough star and they need to get her in that much, like you could possibly get an audition at nine. Uh, it wasn't wildly. the, But it is. I mean, it's pretty realistic. Like if her meeting, even if her meeting's at eight, she's not getting from uh, Melrose and Gower to LAX by yeah. 10 o'clock. Like that's just never going to happen. No. So she. No, I mean. She's, she's also not going to be able to catch a cab at Melrose and Gower. But that's another thing about yeah. Los Angeles. There was, is no such thing as a cab. Yeah. Cabs just don't drive down the street and you don't just walk out to the curb and say taxi but okay another thing about the audition jerry jewel from facts of life fame oh i'm i'm like i'm like jerry jewel the puppeteer that died that wrote no. the muppet movie oh, no jerry jewel from facts of life fame of course yeah totally not mentioned yeah, just, just in the scene and corky from um life goes on was his assistant oh i didn't catch that yeah wow that's funny yeah so some interesting cute. um you know, subtle surprise casting in there. <laughs> uh, so this all culminated with Rachel being unable to make her show and that Santana went on and saved the day portraying Fanny Bryce. Um, I'm going to just come out and say I have no idea how to feel about that, <laughs> Jennifer. Doesn't matter. Santana going on as Fanny Bryce. You know, I saw that. Ha- I, it, the second they sh- they went to Santana, I didn't. I didn't think it would be Mercedes walking through the door next. I thought it would be Kurt. And I thought it was going to be Kurt saying, you have to do this. You have to go and cover for her. Mm. Um, But the fact is, she is on this mission to become an actual decent human being, an actual caring friend. And, you know, this is one of the steps that she's taking to do that. And 
it was kind of cool, you know, I mean, because she's acknowledging that she's kind of a horrible person. And what'd she say? I discovered the the world was even colder than I am. <laughs> yeah, which I don't know what that was in reference to. The second she said that, I was just trying to think, okay, like, what has happened recently yeah, in Santana's so life that is somehow supporting this statement? Yeah. Because she's kind of been on this long festival of win for most of the season. Yeah, she just uh, I was don't on know this what wonderful she's in trip with to. her girlfriend, who yeah. I haven't heard about since, you know, perhaps she's still in Hawaii. <laughs> true, true, true. Um, Oh, obviously. She left her on Lesbos. Yeah. No, what happened was that Kurt calls her and she had taken an emergency flight back to New York and Brittany's original return flight hasn't happened yet. Wow. Obviously. Well done. Well done. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's at this point, like it, at that point, I think I'd kind of given up on this episode really feel it didn't even feel like like that was not Santana. I think that's what I'm getting at. There was no really? aspect of this character to me felt like Santana. This felt like a weird parody of let's make even when Santana was at her most friendly. Like in this episode Santana did two aggressively heartless thing or heart, heartless. Wow. Uh, <laughs> selfless. Two aggressively selfless things in the same episode. I mean it was kind of stunning to yeah. me. It, it, well, possibly you, three. You, you complain that you complain before that she doesn't have enough like she humanity. Like she has a like people are rewarding her for not having like for not doing anything. She's just an evil person. And now she's trying to prove to you that she's a decent person, and you're upset. Let's. Just, <laughs> but she's. Let's do, just she, it was so much. Cards. It was so let's much re- in this episode, and it didn't even feel like Santana. Like if Santana's going to do you a favor, she's still going to do you the favor. She's not the devil. She's still going to do you the favor, but she's going to make sure you know that you owe her for that favor. That she went out of her way to do you that favor. Whereas you're fictioning right now. What? I don't ever recall Santana ever once holding someone's a favor over anyone. Oh. You're fanfictioning. <laughs> I'm fanfictioning. <laughs> but I mean, it's not implausible to think that, you know, that would be how she would, you know, that would be something she would do based on that. But, you know, I actually, I kind of buy it. I think, you know, maybe reconnecting with Brittany, maybe seeing how, um, you know, her friends trying to help out is actually a good thing and how that could you know if she became a good person and helped other people out too maybe things would happen for her as well so it didn't seem it, it was different but it didn't seem impossible <laughs> and it didn't feel it didn't feel false it mm. just, she learned some lessons from the native lesbosian yeah and the, but the other <laughs> wow. thing too it's like i'm like okay but the old people. norwegian tourists is it's that what they're even, german tourists even you know even sue's niceness was short-lived so i mean the whole thing with santana being decent it, it's you know mm. it, it's it's a pleasant little um respite from her evilness but you know that'll be back <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, uh, it, it obviously bothered me more than it bothered you guys, which I, it, which is fair. Which is usually where we fall for the on Santana, Santana storylines, yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, let's take a quick listen to the rose before we move on. Uh, this was uh, Rachel's audition song, excuse me, when she thought that Song of Solomon was actually a song. Uh, and here's, of course, the rose originally performed by Bette Midler in The Rose on the Gleeful Podcast. Tangerine Some say love It is a razor 
the rose you know, okay as, as this was going on i was thinking why has this song not been done to death on reality music competition shows is that's that's what true like this is like why hasn't it? it should be it's good enough to be like we don't need to be hearing true colors again lord no <laughs> lord no we or do not anything be... by gavin DeGraw or edwin mccain okay okay well, I guess it's an upgrade because before you said Gavin DeGraw Hell we had one song, so I guess anything alludes that implies Well, we're that talking about I don't want to be. It's always I don't want to be. Nobody does. It isn't always. Sometimes it's not over you. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it's Chariot. It could be Chariot. Chariot's a good song. Or what else is he? Have? He has a list. I don't know. <laughs> This is, uh, yes, this this was the rose originally performed by Bette Midler in a movie called The Rose. Uh, I, when I was a kid, I always thought she played um, Janis Joplin in The Rose, but I don't think she does. I think she plays someone else, <laughs> like well, a fictionalized It's a fictionalized music. character, but Singer. it's definitely um, paying homage <laughs> <laughs> to the, the life and career. So I just, you if you go on Wikipedia, I always go on Wikipedia and I there's a list of songs in Glee and they do they have a page in Wikipedia for each season you can get the and I always go there because then they have links to the Wikipedia page for the individual songs Mm -hmm. and you can see who wrote the songs it's kind of interesting Uh, so just to show you how long season five has been the first episode of season five was the Beatles episode that feels like a million years ago yeah that does (laughs) like i i it hurts me to think of how long ago the two beatles episodes it was another it was another it was another lifetime like that was like the warm-up for this part of glee i think it's really it's really something um but uh but yes so that was uh that that was the rose so let's talk a little bit about mercedes and uh santana in this episode we had mercedes continuing to record her record unable to get a hit which is very common where you deliver your record and say there's not a hit on the record uh ben folds used to always just come back and say which elton john song do you want me to rewrite and they would tell him which one and he would do that uh but uh so yes, it, she was unable to get a hit, and she ended up teaming up with Santana, and they performed "Do Wop That Thing," and they decided to take it. I guess they wanted to like take it to the street or something. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. it, but really to the subterranean elevator. Yes, yes. 
But yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of cool that Santana said, well, you know, you've been recording in this, you know, sterile recording studio, so, you know, didn't you come to New York to get, you know, a, a more authentic feel? So yes. let's let's step out from behind the glass. And I thought it was kind of cool. It was it was actually pretty solid advice. It is from it somebody is, who actually seems like they care about the person. That, it's funny that you say that because now that I think of it, it is kind of hilarious that a character from Lima, Ohio, went to New York so that they could find their authentic self. Uh, so well, she had to leave. She had to leave LA. <laughs> but so yes, uh, they ended up. Tra- she ended up incorporating Santana, who she, she said would make her better. Um, it was interesting. I didn't really understand Mercedes like fixation on Santana. Uh, w- like even Santana didn't understand Mercedes <laughs> fixation on her. Even after her producer is saying, you know, this is actually a really good point. You should do a duet. You should do a duet with somebody who's really famous that will make you more like, famous. She Alicia Keys and, uh, uh, Car, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen. I'm like, lol. Those are those are some name drops right now. That I'm was like, kind of. I. It took me a solid minute to figure out who Carly was when he said Carly, because I'm trying to think in her genre of music, who is Carly? But yeah, yes, not Carly Simon. Rae Jepsen's the, yes, uh, well, because I'm an old man, of course. I was like, Carly Simon? Is she still around? <laughs> still around? She's still she's still holding out on I can, I telling mean, everyone. What I mean, Carly Rae Jepsen has had at least three decent hits in the United States. So, and one of which was massive. So one one of which even I like, uh, but yeah, so it, it was, it was a little strange. I could never quite wrap my head around, uh, why Mercedes was so fixated on Santana against everyone's better judgment except that she kept having that resounding it's my album i'm gonna do whatever the heck i want because it's my album and you can't tell me otherwise i I don't know jennifer can you did you have any more of a did you did you connect with this any more than i did you know not really but (laughs) i don't think i was trying to as hard Mm. like it, it sounds like you were really trying to understand her motivation i'm like it makes much sense anything else they're doing well no it it it, it What's going to happen is this is built up for Santana coup d'etatting yes. Mercedes contract. Ah, that is what this is set up for. <laughs> this is what the setup is for. They're like, oh God, yeah. you that girl with that body with that voice, yeah, uh, Mercedes. We're yeah, we're done. We're done. Well, Sorry. I think Mercedes is right. I mean, when they did duet, they were pretty incredible together. There's something about their voices that works so well, and I get it, but. And maybe she just, you know, I mean, the boy maybe she needed more street cred. Was so the boy's mind yeah. Santana's maybe. first, like, almost solo? I do not remember. Yeah. Oh, boy yeah, yeah. The, the boy's mind. Yeah, it was like, what, season was. two? <laughs> and that's when we were, yeah, we were yeah. all like, oh, my God, she can sing. <laughs> She's really good. But um, she's not just Diana's background singer. Yeah, she's more than that, <laughs> Quinn. But no, I think maybe I mean maybe it was, you know, maybe working with her, um, you know, would challenge Mercedes and, um, you know, m- make her rise to the occasion and yeah, maybe give her more street cred. I don't know. <laughs> it's just some because she is from Lima Heights adjacent. She is. Well, yeah, she is. From she the is streets. a lot more street cred. Uh, it, it, 
And when they were talking about a single, I kind of thought Colorblind was the single because that's the only original song we've had Mm -hmm. this season. So I guess I was expecting that to happen, but it never did. Mm. (laughs) Colorblind was kind of unmentioned. They didn't hear, they heard it. They're like, oh, this is a good song, B side. Um, yeah, it, it, we also got some nice Sonos, I think it was. The Sonos. Yeah, uh, I didn't recognize the device. Brick, yeah. Uh, uh, product placement in that particular sequence. Uh, but let's go ahead and take a listen to that thing, Doo Wop, that thing originally recorded by Lauren Hill on the Re Education of Lauren Hill, one of the greatest records, my opinion. Mm. Top 25 records ever made, Re Education of Lauren Hill. Uh, here's Doo Wop, that thing. Uh, Naya Rivera and Amber Riley on the Glyph Podcast. It's about a thing. Uh, yeah. If you feel real good, wave yeah. your hands in the air uh, and lick two shots in the atmosphere. Called you again. Remember when he told you he was about the Benjamins? You act like you would hear him and gave him a little trim to begin. How you think you really gon' pretend? Like you wasn't down, then you called him again. Plus, when you give it up so easy, you ain't even fooling him. If you did it then, then you probably do it again. Talking out your neck, saying you're a Christian, a Muslim sleeping with the gin. Now that was the sin that did Jezebel in. Who you gon' tell when the repercussions end? Showing off your ass, cause you're thinking it's the trend, girlfriend. Let me break it down for you again. You know I only say it cause I'm truly genuine. Don't be a hard rock when you really are a gem, baby girl. Respect is just a minimum. Brothers messed up and you're still defending them now. Lauren is only human. You don't think I've been through the same predicament? Let it sit inside your head like a million women in Philly pen. It's silly when girls sell their soul because it's in. Look at where you be in. Hair weaves like Europeans. They nailed them by Koreans. Come again. Yo, a win win. Come again. I kind of want to take that backbeat and like tattoo it on myself. It's like so good. The bass line and then, oh, it's such a good one. Uh, so yes, that's, that's do up that thing. All of that praise I just gave it. That was kind of okay. I don't know. Like they don't really have any of the, it's weird when you do a rap song because hip hop is traditionally so personal mm. or des- supposed to be like the best hip hop is so personal. And uh, so they're just kind of saying things that were personal to Lauren Hill. Mm. <laughs> they don't don't really apply to their characters. Uh, but it was pretty uh, that, that that is a great song. Um, and I will ask you, Ed, in the battle of Amber Riley and Niall Rivera, uh, who do you think won? Was it a battle? I didn't feel. I didn't feel the battle. I thought they were just duetting. Josh is creating I drama. <laughs> I'm creating. Josh wrote a great drama, and he's I a drama monger. Perfectly fine together. Perfectly fine together. I actually don't think so. I mean, to me, their voices kind of clash on this one, just because I. I don't know. It, it didn't. Maybe it didn't you blend like the for original. <laughs> oh, I do quite like. No, there's no question that I do prefer the original. But uh, but yeah, no, they, they kind of clash. I think it was like Santana's voice is very. She, she has like a softness to her, uh, and and which I don't know. It didn't work for me. But you liked it. Jenny. Oh yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was nice. But the thing is, like, I didn't know if they were supposed to be more like an eagle duet or if it was. You know, Santana was supposed to be more of the the, the background, the backup singer. Yeah. And the thing is, like, they were almost too similar. But listen, just listening to it, I I hear Amber more. I mean, I, mm. I think she's. I would say 
if there were to be a battle, I would say that she actually won it. All right. Uh, so it, I do think, Ed, that we are definitely setting up the coup d'etat. I think that, <laughs> that the finale is going to be, you know what? We really want to offer the record deal to this person. And then Santana's going to have to choose between her dreams and her friendship. Well, that's then she, then leads into the next storyline. Yes. Which is exactly yeah. the same setup. Exactly. Yeah. Ed, what were you saying? Then she chooses her dreams because yeah. damn right. That's what you do. Friends are a dime a dozen. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> See, <laughs> I mean, what's funny is like in real life, that is what you do. But on TV, <laughs> it's not because on TV, you're always going to get another opportunity. Eventually. But that's why that's why you like Santana because Santana like, does what she wants because that's what she wants. Well, that's like I think that was that was a struggle I had, though, when Santana's standing in the doorway saying, like, I think your producer has a point. You should not be trying to get a duet with me. And like Santana is not the one standing in the doorway saying, yes, we should do the duet. Santana is standing in the doorway saying, hey, um, so after you're done talking to her, can I get five minutes in that studio? And I have this song I want to do and it'll be amazing. Like, that's a Santana move. Right. I mean, well, that's what she did. Whatever, like in their world six months ago when <laughs> Rachel said, hey, if you're not doing anything, you know, be a backup model or background model in my photo shoot for Funny Girl, at which point she gets a taste of blood and she's like, okay, not only am I going to be, um, no more am I going to be the background model, I'm going to be your understudy and yeah, I'm going to take you down. Yeah, <laughs> she can smell it. It's, you know. Baby, there's a shock in the water. So <laughs> we should also, we song. if you're listening, if you're still listening at 42 minutes in, we should also address uh, this rumor that like over the course of eight hours the rumor went from naya rivera has been fired off of glee to naya rivera has been fired off of glee because she because leah michelle hates her to naya rivera was fired off of glee because leah michelle hates her and slept with big sean which is also why she's not getting married and i i got so many tweets about it and everybody was talking about it and hey look didn't happen totally made up like you got like you got to read these articles because if it's a source close to 95% that's like nobody like and if you trace it back cuz at one point i was so amused by it, i was also frustrated cuz i mean there's actual people's lives at play when they like you know start start getting into debates about what a horrible person Leah Michelle apparently was for sleeping with Big Sean um uh, when you actually like trace it back, it was all going to like uh, the Daily News in the UK, which is essentially the Inquirer. It was kind of, I don't know, I find it really sad that everyone believes these things right away. Yeah. And and with equal, like so today, finally, the producers came out and they're like, there's never been any truth to it. Naya's people came out right away and said there's no truth to it. And then yeah, the producers the, came the out today. The Naya's people saying that is, of course, that's their move. So it's like it doesn't like it doesn't matter if it's the truth or not. That was going to be their move regardless was saying there's no truth to it. Well, I mean, if if that's that's the issue, that's that's why that's why we get in this feedback loop, because like then all of a sudden the people are like, oh, well, they say there's no credence to it. Well, why are they saying there's no credence to it if there's not credence to it? Like, like, like it's like unfortunately, the feedback loop is set up in a way that there needs to be another factor in there. Oh, oh, you mean like this, the, the show needed to make a statement is what you're trying yeah. to say? 
Like, cause like, like it doesn't ma- like, it doesn't matter what they said, cause it does like, cause of course they would have said that she wasn't being fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I I don't know. It, it, it I, the the people like get so outraged when these things when these rumors start going around and take and reacting to them as if they're true, cause the headline is not rumor has it. That Naya Rivera has been fired off Glee. The rumor, the headline says, Naya Rivera has been fired off Glee. And then everybody just takes it as true. But then today, when the producers came out and they're like, it was never true. There's nothing to it. She's totally not fired off Glee. There's no equal reaction. Like, no one tomorrow will be like, woo, that was a close one. Like, they're not even going to mention it. Like, it didn't even happen. Especially on a show like Glee, where we get false information all the time. <laughs> like, Javier Bardem, people. Even Ryan Murphy was telling us Javier Bardem was going to be on the show playing a rock star who helps uh, Artie or, so, like, teaches Artie at one point. Totally didn't happen. Totally not the truth. I mean, Amber was fired at one point. That was one, you know, Mark was fired for a while. Like, there's no truth to any of these things 90% of the time, but we all well, dive now, in with now, such fervor. This is, the, this is the evil skeptic in me wondering, are they trying to create buzz? Because the ratings are kind of sad. <laughs> they are. They are pretty bad. The, the show is definitely struggling. Like, well, and that's, like, oh, yeah. One of the big rumors right now is that a lot of, or I guess, and Ryan Murphy's even been kind of fueling this rumor, is that next season will largely take place in Los Angeles, which I think it, if he, if they do that, it's just because it'll be so much cheaper to shoot out here than it would be to shoot in New York. Uh, I Yeah, I could totally see that being an angle, you know. But anyway, it, uh, it, 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 it I find it, fascinating uh so um the last the really the last thing we have to talk about is kurt and blaine in this episode uh where kurt and blaine met shirley mclean when they performed story of my life but it was not shirley mclean she was like wh- what was she ed she was like a, a, a debutante i think uh i thought she was i don't know she was some kind of broadway ingenue that we're supposed to be worshiping and and can't keep track of how many there are (laughs) and and in Gleeland, it could have just been shirley mcclain like there's no reason they couldn't have just had shirley mcclain playing shirley mcclain uh but so it was so they met shirley mcclain and uh uh and she kind of took blaine under her wing and wants to make a star out of him uh they also perform peace of my heart which we can take a quick listen to right now uh, this is such a knee-jerk reaction to rock week on performance shows just for their this oh peace of my heart the song it's like it's like, so it's like oh rock week and i'm a girl oh peace of my heart of course <laughs> that's what i'm going to do like no you can do better well here's a bit of I- peace of my heart with Shane McLean and Darren Chris on the Gleeful Podcast. Like you were the only man. Yeah, yeah. Didn't I give you nearly everything that a woman possibly can? Honey, you know I did. Each time I tell myself that I, well, I think I've had enough. But what I'm going to show you, Want you to come on, come on, come on, come on and 
Yeah, you're so right, Ed. This is such a clat. That this particular song, it's on that list of, like, uh, we used to always say, like, with Jennifer and I, when we were covering Idol, we would always say, there's always somebody on the show that doesn't own a lot of records. And they're just going to do the same four songs that you do if you're a girl or a guy because you just don't own, like, you don't know any deep cuts. You're going to do Bonnie Raitt. You're going to do uh, um, Janis Joplin. You're going to do um, Alicia Keys. And then you're going to do the other one. Um, sorry, the <laughs> other one. I have nothing. <sighs> yeah, probably. I, yeah, it's like, they, and they're just kind of circling it. Yeah. So, which, And what's funny about this song is I've never considered it to be a particularly great song it's just that janice joplin made it a great song. actually janice joplin and the holding company because they were an amazing band as and well Southern comfort uh and southern comfort those <laughs> those three magical <laughs> entities got together the, the magic ingredient yeah <laughs> so yeah for me i have never been all that interested in it uh ed thoughts because you've probably heard this song more than any human being alive <laughs> Having watched every no, incarnation no. of Idol, I do watch a lot. But these, I mean, they, it was fine. I mean, it was it was interesting. And now that I didn't know the story about the rose with uh, the Janet Shop, and so I was like, oh, is there is there a, is there a theme that we're supposed to, that I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be catching on to now? Which apparently there was, sort of. Well, but it um, doesn't fit any of the other songs. I mean, that was one of my kind of issues with the music in this episode is they don't seem very related. Uh, they they're kind of way out on different extremes, and uh, unfortunately, none of them even none of them advanced the plot or did anything to any. They didn't solve anything. The 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 you want a song in Glee to be doing two things at the same time. Yes, either resolving a plot and doing character development and like moving the plot along. Like you want to hit on two of those, but unfortunately, with all these songs, it's like I'm like they're gonna do performance. They're going to do a performance. They're going to do a performance. I feel like the only one that almost kind of advanced upon was the Santana Mercedes song was like, okay, like, oh, this duet really worked. And they, they ended up like, we we're sound so good together. And this was yeah. such a good urban sound. That was like the one that had dual purpose. Yeah, I think and- you're right. Like, none of the songs had any emotional catharsis to it. Like, you never really and, felt and- like you got anything from it more than just a little entertainment. The song. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, and then, and then you have to, like the song director needs to be thinking. Well, look at me. Um, <laughs> also needs to be thinking about like, like why this song? Why, why like, like you could just put any song in here almost practically. Like, like I feel like "Wake Me Up When September Ends" would have almost been a more applicable song for 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 Rachel by Green Day because like, we, like "Wake Me Up" is there's like "Wake Me" the, the sentiment for "Wake Me Up." And the arrangement it was there the arrangement was telling us it was like she's over the show, but the words were not telling me she was over the show. Mm. So it was just like these things just weren't coming together. See, I didn't Two take things. it as that she was Two over the show. It's What's funny, that? sorry to go back to that, but it's like I didn't take that performance, that song that she was over the show. I just felt like she was hurt by being told she's limited in her um career goals. Well then, why why were the flowers like needlessly dying? Like they could have just thrown those flowers away. 
I didn't yeah. catch that. That's a good eye, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, a very wow. good eye. Well, uh, we do have uh, Kurt and Blaine, I guess. Uh, Blaine meets Shirley MacLaine. She wants to make him a star. She has no interest in making Kurt a star. Blaine seems fixated on taking Kurt with him in a very aggressive way uh, and then doesn't even tell Kurt when Shirley MacLaine says, you need to break up this engagement. Uh, it was, I think the the struggle with this one to me was it felt so rushed. It was a, a lot of big concepts in this particular plot line and this is kind of where you want a silly third place plot line you know you've got big things going with rachel big things going with mercedes and santana you kind of want kurt and blaine to just be doing some silly stuff on the side to make the other two okay uh and this there were really big concepts which they obviously were unable to resolve by the end of the episode um i don't know for me this one was just kind of out of place uh, Jennifer? Well, it, did, oh, Ed? Does it, does it really seem that out of place after the last episode that we had of, of the, like, of Blaine and Kurt, Kurt uh, Blaine's insecurities with Kurt, like, isn't that out of place? And then I was watching a YouTube video of, like, top ten best gay fictional couples, and I, I forgot that Blaine was the one who made the move on Kurt for the first kiss, and that mm-hmm. was in that sequence on YouTube. I was like, like, Blaine has always been the one pushing for this relationship. So that's I'm interesting. Glad, glad. And, no, and and to me, it's it does feel in sequence with their characters. But I just felt that in an episode that already had two really important plot lines, there just wasn't room for this to really get you know to get its due. And because of this, because of that, it ended up unfinished. Uh, Jennifer. Yeah, I just yeah, it felt kind of out of nowhere, and I felt that. Instead of being, you know, excited or motivated by everything that was happening, Blaine was just sort of going along with it. And Kurt was perfect. I mean, when mm-hmm. when Blaine got invited to go to that dinner and, you know, Blaine's, you know, Kurt said, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm jealous, but I, I, I want this for you. I think this is incredible. And, you know, one of us should, you know, be doing, you know, taking this opportunity. So, so you know, yeah, I'm a little jealous, but I would never hold you back. And then Blaine just gets stupid about it. It's like, you know, then when he's going to have the show done for him to, you know, basically present him to the, you know, her inner circle, he's he's stupid. And he, he lies to Kurt. And Kurt, like, by Kurt's reaction, he didn't expect to be included in the show. Yeah. Yeah, he that a, was he also had a perfect out. Was, that was interesting. Kurt had no expectation. Yeah, and Kurt yet was so Blaine level-headed and and loyal and supportive. And yeah, of course he's going to be a little envious, and he even expressed that. But who wouldn't be? So you know, he was honest about that. And yeah, I just it was just like, and this is something that just sort of fell into to Blaine's lap because you know, of course he just graduated from high school six months ago, and this is what happens <laughs> and. Yeah, he was sleeping it was in the just, pool at the Beverly Hilton and a famous person. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I just and I felt like his heart wasn't even in it. I mean, that's the other yeah. thing too. He was just sort of going through the motions because it was maybe more Kurt's dream. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm still I'm still kind of processing. We only watched the show like for the first time about four hours ago, so still mm. sort of processing it. But it just it really bummed me out that Blaine. With everything they've been through and all of the, you know, really open um, 
these discussions that, you know, these two have had, the fact that he, you know, just needlessly lied about this, and you can you just see the fallout. Like, you know what's yeah, going to happen. You know it's coming. It's it's not going to be good. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, it, it, I, I personally found it frustrating. Um, and it just... It, it just seemed to be setting up drama for drama's sake in a way. It, it well, didn't I, develop. I don't, I don't, think, it's it's I don't think it's just for the sake of drama. I think it's for the sake of these characters and them and their impending nuptials. Hmm. Which is like, interesting. We've not mentioned wedding. We, they, they say well, that they're engaged a lot, but they aren't talking about getting married. We did that for it, two years. Shh. <laughs> we were engaged for two I'm years. I'm trying to make a point. Stop yelling. Gosh. <laughs> Well, you were probably just waiting. You were trying to wait on that room across from the Chinese theater. Is that's that was the big exactly. Actually, we really lucked out. We were able to we were able to book that seven months out. That was, that we was, booked that was it in February. You are not supporting me at all. <laughs> You're right. It was eight months out. There you go. <laughs> not helping. But but I I, I hope. I don't know. I, I'm glad that they're having these conversations. That's all I ever really wanted out of yeah. the plan was them yes. to have these conversations. Like, is this what we really want? And if they if they come if they come to their pro con list and they're like, you know what, this is who we're supposed to be with, not only right now but forever, then go for it. Like, I'm I'm not not team Clay. I'm I'm not team Clay who doesn't think about their decisions. Inter- yeah, no, but, you're absolutely right. I totally. Yeah, that's a really agree. well way. I totally really nice way of putting it. Yeah. I just, yeah, it just kind of made me sad. Like after, you know, after the issues, you know, that they had last week, it's like, come on, you know, it's so easy to just tell the truth <laughs> in something like this because it's not like a major. It's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, Kurt has already shown that he can be an adult about the situation. He can he can put, you know, his feelings aside for the love of his partner and. Blaine just totally undermines that by telling this stupid little lie, which is going to turn into something huge. <laughs> well, uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to some voicemails. Here's one. Hi, this is Haley, first time caller. I loved that episode. I had enough Rachel and Kurt with a dash in the face, who I don't that much like, but in this episode, she did a pretty decent job. The, episode, the songs were amazing. They were classic, hoppish songs, and except for My Rose, which I've never heard of before, but I think it's a Broadway, whatever. The Rachel storyline was amazing. It had conflict, and it was something that could really happen in real life and was amazing. The Blaine storyline was weird. <laughs> and awful. And uh, I wish something would happen to Kurt that was amazing. And that was awesome. Because Kurt is awesome. I'm really excited for the next episode. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Have a good night. Yeah, Chris Colfer wrote the next episode. That's I know, that's right. Yeah. Of course he's playing Peter Pan. How adorable is that? <laughs> uh, here, we got listener Sonia. Yo, it's Sonia. Too much plot crammed into one episode again. Each bit was good, but it felt rushed. Life craps on Kurt again. I just don't buy why he has to fight for everything that gets handed to Blaine. Mm. I find this whole golden boy Blaine thing exhausting. He's good, but not the second coming. 
I actually like Blaine, despite myself, but come on, show him working for something. Rachel has a better balance. A lot is given to her, but a lot is taken away. She has to struggle a bit, at least, even if it's her own fault. The Mercedes line, plot line, feels so tacked on. Where the hell is Brill? This topic has well moved on, but I keep thinking about it. Won't leave me alone. Each time he was on, Josh, you said Adam was a crap actor, sometimes more than once. True. Two points on that. One, granted, what we saw wasn't much to look at, but we weren't given much to look at. They didn't write him apart. They wrote him lines. Two, compared to whom? Some Glee actors are brilliant, no question. But some, quite a few actually, are frankly not going to have a career when the show is over. He's at least decent, Josh. Postscript. I think he does humor very well, refer divas and best week ever, and I'm disappointed they didn't give him any comedy to work with. I think he would have been very funny if they had given him the chance. And that's all. Kiss, kiss. Mwah. <laughs> uh let's see we got and i totally uh, agree about the whole like i do miss elliot i miss that other yeah. you know that other the, uh, the other gay man that we could point to that isn't kurt or blaine well i mean also <laughs> it's the male perspective in trying to get a career in la i'm sorry new york <laughs> sorry <laughs> i just i think that you know you have all these people but it's you know mostly mostly the ladies Yes, and you know, just to to have this other person, and and he is kind of like, he's a good touchstone, like he's a good sounding board, voice of reason for these characters that are sometimes a little unreasonable. <laughs> uh, it, and, it, oh, go it's ahead. It's sad that we lost Demi Lovato and Adam Lambert because I felt like both characters had such potential, and they were they're just gone. They're just I gone. <laughs> I know. I wonder if they if they stop trying to stunt cast people like that, like rather than cast Adam Lambert who has a million things going on, just cast somebody who's available but is good. You know that they might have been. You know, we got Brody for way more episodes than he really needed to well, be around. Yeah, no, but he, he was available. He was, he was available because Terra Nova was whatever, and and they're like, oh yeah, that guy who was on that Fox show that could sing. <laughs> like that's pretty much, I bet that was like the story. Uh, listener you Sonia know. did email in later to say she changed her mind and felt that in the end, uh, Rachel was just as crazy as Blaine. <laughs> so good, good. I was like, I don't know about. <laughs> uh, let's see. What are, here we got another one here. Or not. Oh, wait, that's my fault. It's from the top. And one, nope. <laughs> Fixing the volume. Here we go. First time using a mouse. Yeah. Shh. Hi, Josh and Ned. My four-word four review for this week's episode is, I didn't hate it. I was actually really disappointed with last week's episode because it seemed like a weak way to celebrate the culmination of Rachel's character arc. From I guess I'd call it pleasant to watch. It was a bit frustrating to see Rachel Lyon run off to L.A., and if this is about to become season three of Smash, I am not on board. <laughs> but I enjoyed both of Rachel's songs this episode. I thought her audition in L.A. was pretty funny. And, oh, yeah, Jim Rash. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. I thought it was also resolved in a realistic way with Sydney telling her flat out that he wanted to fire her, but that he couldn't given her success. 
the news of the development deal was a nice way of keeping the energy up without torpedoing the work that had been done this episode to give Rachel a wake-up call. One last thing. Mercedes is ridiculous. She's bad, if not worse, than Rachel with all her demands, especially since it's the music industry and not Broadway. I think next week might have something to do with Broadway Barks, and I'm a sucker for dogs, so it should be fun. Thanks for doing what you do, guys. Can't wait to hear the podcast. Bye. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we have one more from uh, California. Hi, Jeff, Shannon, Ed. This is Queen Fan 1025 from Southern California. I just wanted to call in and quickly weigh in on this uh, last week's episode. And the main thing I have to say is that I don't want Shirley MacLaine on Glee anymore. Like, I don't <laughs> like what she's doing here. <laughs> um, in addition to stirring up, you know, this Blaine drama, I feel like I was really excited about finally seeing some depth in the character development of Blaine and, you know, seeing Kurt and Blaine have these realistic um, relationship development things. And it's like we just started seeing Blaine starting to doubt himself and deal with these insecurities, which I thought was really interesting, and I was kind of interested in seeing more of that. And then here comes this, you know, character lady coming to who fantastic he is and planning all these things around him, which is great. Blaine is fantastic, but it's like I feel like, okay, you know, Blaine was insecure for like five seconds. Now he is on top of the world again, and there's all this attention being focused on him. And, um, you know, it kind of shifted everything back into Blaine's court to where, you know, Kurt is still having to, you know, rely on Blaine, and he's even trying to ride his coattails to walk through these doors that are whatever going to be opened up for Blaine. Um, So that was really disappointing, and I don't appreciate that. And I don't know where it's going, but they better not. I just don't want Clay to break up, but whatever happens is going to happen. But also I was interested in seeing whatever the status of Naya Rivera's whatever thing on Glee. I was interested with kind of seeing her struggle with, you know, realizing what like what am I doing? Like what's going on in my life? Seeing her kind of realize that some of her friends, everything that they've ever wanted is coming to them and having her kind of step back and look that there was really no place for her and that she doesn't really know what's going on. That was really interesting to see. Um, whether we'll get to see anything come from that is yet to be determined, but um just wanted to weigh in on those two little aspects of this episode and I'm looking forward to listening to the podcast. Thanks guys. Bye. Yeah, uh, you know, she actually had a good point in that voicemail that I forgot was when uh, Clayne, when Blaine <laughs> walks in to say, or uh, when Blaine and, and Kurt are talking about the time that he's been spending with Shirley MacLaine, um, Kurt does say, no, it's really good. She's going to introduce us to so many people. Mm-hmm. She's going to get us uh, uh, ahead in our careers or she's going to be good for our careers. So, I mean, Kurt is kind of looping himself into this though a moment later in the conversation he is incredibly level-headed in his responses to being like no it's cool no like i'm just happy for you yeah yeah i mean i can see that i mean again anybody would be envious of the the situation especially you know he's been in new york a year longer he's been working supposedly in more places and to have this whole thing happen like that it's like but i mean before they went to the before blaine went to that dinner he even said you know this is for us this is he said this is for us so you know the fact that you know okay kurt kurt's now counting on that is is kind of again it just just makes me sad the way that blaine is handling it because he didn't have to you know, yeah, he didn't have to lie. All he had to do was say, "I'm really sorry, you're not included, but you'll be there. I'll yeah. make sure you're in the room. I make sure I introduce yeah. you to everyone." You know, 
these things happen. Uh, well, uh, that's about it for us. Jennifer, do you have anything else? No, actually, that was pretty solid wrap-up. <laughs> All right, Ed, any other thoughts? Um, on uh, not nothing particular. If you made it to the end of the episode, this, another podcast that I listen to does this all the time. So send at Gleeful Podcast hashtag claim talk. That's that's our that's our hashtag. Okay. Or that you made it to the end of the episode. If you made it to the hashtag, end of the episode, <laughs> hashtag claim talk. Tweet tweet someone and we'll be like, yay! Thanks for listening. So <laughs> like. That. Well, uh, if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said here tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at gleefulpodcast. I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Gleeful Podcast, and you can talk to the other listeners of the show. If you'd like to leave a voicemail, you can always call us at 424.258. 424.258.glee. And, of course, you can uh, listen live. We usually record on Sunday nights. There are only two more episodes of Glee this season, which is wow. exciting. The next one's written by Chris Colfer. And after that, we have the big finale, which is exciting to see how season five wraps up. And we cast off into the ether of season six. Um, and that's about it for us. For the Cleveland Podcast, with Josh, Jen, and Ed. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I am so solidly team gremlins on big brother Canada too no joke and if you're not voting for gina irena on american idol just don't be voting please <laughs> or <laughs> that is all that's it. That's my, those are my plugs awesome good night everyone good night <laughs> is untamed still and I'll be gone gone tonight the fire beneath my feet is burning bright the way that I've been holding on so tight with nothing in between the story of my life I take her home I drive all night to keep her That's another like faux Mumford and Sons song. Like all I hear is it, it, like the four four time and the banjo in the background. Like that's just a total Mumford. Well, and Sons it's song. in right now. I mean, like I don't know. <laughs> it's that's just for you. It's just funny. And, it's so specific. I wanna, I wanna, <laughs> what? It's such a think? specific style. Like this one and Wake Me Up. Like the, it, it's so specific to what you know a very to this one group does. The way that like you know when when people are doing faux. Imagine Dragon songs. Like, they're not just doing rock. Like, they're doing Imagine Dragons rock. It's a very specific style that these fans are, are aping. It makes me. Um, I want to defend Wake Me Up one more time. That, <laughs> like, I, like, Wake Me Up, it's like. I feel like since he's a Swedish producer, like, it's it's been for so long We that I'm sure the country. Like, Country music didn't even get to like to like popularity in Sweden, and now he's able to play with it in new and exciting ways. <laughs> That's my, that is my defense. Oh, as, yeah. as as bad as it is. All right. <laughs>